Wilder Mayer, uh, who is my next guest, lives something of a double life. Uh, by profession, he's an electrician, but uh, when he gets the call, he becomes Wilder Mayer snake wrangler. Yes, indeed. Uh, as a child growing up in Port Elizabeth, uh, he'd spend much of his time at the local snake park that his grandmother worked at, and he loved to look at the snakes and hold them and was absolutely intrigued by them. Well, fast forward a, a few years, uh, and now his passion uh, has become uh, his job, uh, and he uh, takes calls from people across Cape Town uh, when they've discovered an unwanted uh, slippery so-and-so in their back garden or bathroom or wherever it may be. Uh, so to tell us more about the day in the life of a snake wrangler. I'm delighted this morning to be jo- to be joined by uh, Will on the line from Simonstown. Well, welcome to Late Nights on Cape Talk. Great to have you with us this morning. Now, I came across you on uh, on Facebook the other day and I thought we have we have got to get Will on the phone. I'm so intrigued by uh, what you do. Uh, and also the fact that it seems in the last couple of weeks I've seen a number of people who've been sending in uh, or posting on Facebook pictures of snakes in their bathrooms and kitchens and various things. How on earth did you get into this line of work? Um, well, it was actually a very long time ago when um, I was about five or six years old. Um, my granny used to work at the Port Elizabeth Snake Park. And then um, I used to often walk around and watch all the snake shows and then look at all the snakes. And then I just became really fascinated with them. And then um, I used to walk around in the bush and then catch the odd snake and... Um, yeah, I go from like two different friends' houses and they might have had a snake there and they used to hold it and put it around my wrist. Obviously, like the non-venomous snakes. And then I just started getting into it. I mean, back in Cape Town, yes, I went up into the bush and caught more and more snakes. And then, yeah, um, I actually took out quite a lot of snake books um, that were written by all these different authors. And then I was, like, very fascinated with everything. And then um, in school, I used to catch, um, during break, I used to run um, actually away from the school grounds during break up into the field and go and catch snakes with a friend or two of mine. And, yes, it just um, started to progress from there. And then um, actually in school... um, yeah, um, from grade one till about grade four, um, I wrote at least about four different snake books, you know, like um, drew pictures of snakes and colored them in. And my handwriting and spelling and stuff obviously wasn't um, very good then, but, you know, it just showed you what keen interest I had then. And now, so I mean, it's it's absolutely fascinating to me. And now you, this is what you do on a daily basis. You you go in and you, uh, what's the term? Catch a snake, rescue a, a snake from people's yes, homes. Um, ba- basically, what happens is um, during the dry season, which is now or the hot season, summer, whatever you want to call it, um, because there's very well, say a little rain and water, um, the snakes tend to move down from the mountain because they have a very strong sense of smell with uh, their tongue. Um, so they can smell water for up to about 200 meters away, and then they actually make their way down towards the houses because they are very thirsty. So. Obviously, dripping taps and people watering their gardens and so forth. 
then they eventually make their way into the garden and sometimes into the house to escape the heat of the day. And then you get some frantic people uh, jumping up and down and then they phone, run, run around phoning, looking for a snake catcher. And yeah, then you get your call, one or two, three calls a day, and then you catch the snake and then you drive into the reserve and then you release the snake and take some nice photographs. Yeah, so it's actually quite fun. I'm looking at a photograph that you posted on Facebook a few hours ago of you uh, holding um, what looks like an enormous puff adder. Yes, that's correct. When it comes to, and, and I, I guess there is a great deal of skill involved, and, and I would imagine that your background being so extensive as it is, you've learned how to... Um, how to deal with snakes in a safe way, in a way that is um, safe for them and for you. Do you did, have you ever been in a situation where you've thought, "Oh dear, I I'm I'm in trouble here"? No, 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 not at all. No, no. Um, actually, um, before I started learning how to work with snakes properly, with proper equipment and proper gear. Um, I actually got bitten by a snake um, because um, I saw people catching snakes on TV and people holding snakes in snake books, like um, actually holding them firmly behind the head, you know, how you see pictures of people holding snakes behind mm, the head. Mm. And I thought, okay, that's the way that you've got to do it. So then I went out and I caught this puff adder and I tried to grab it behind the head and then, of course, I got bitten. And that was in 2007. That's 11 years ago. And then um, after that, um, I got introduced to actually quite a good friend um, from Emoff Snake Park, um, Mr. Sean Boddington and his wife, Tracy Boddington. And um, Sean slowly um, started teaching me how to handle um, venomous snakes slowly but surely using the proper gear and the proper equipment. And then it slowly started progressing from there. And um, just everything that he's taught me and what he told me and what he's shown me, um, yeah, it's just all made sense. And since then, I just haven't had any fear. So, um, yeah, I'm just pretty confident in what I do. So it's... If you are just yeah. joining us this morning, I'm joined on the line by Will DeMayer, who uh, is a snake catcher, a real-life snake catcher, uh, who lives right here in uh, in Cape Town. And uh, this is his busy season, the dry season. Uh, and if you go to his Facebook page, you will see him uh, with all number of beautiful snakes. I mean, I-, I have to say, I'm not... We were speaking about phobias on the show the other day, Will, and snakes is not one of mine. It's never been something that I, you know... I, I That said, if there are any snakes listening, please don't come to my home this summer. <laughs> However, um, it's it's not a phobia of mine. I would happily sort of hold a snake and, and and all the rest of it. But what do you wish people knew about snakes? Whether, snakes, whether it whether it's around um, fears and sort of minimising people's fears around them, or just generally, what what should we know? Is it is it true when people say they're more scared of us than we are of them? Yes, that's correct. No, I just wish people knew that um, snakes aren't out there to get us and they actually are more scared of us than we are of them so um yeah a lot of people think that um snakes are out there to get you and they will bite you and they will attack you which is totally incorrect they are very nervous and 
sort of secretive and shy, and and all, and all they want to do is actually get away. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, um, people just need to sort of get around that they are are they they're there, they're part of the ecosystem, and they they're there for a reason. And um, we actually need to kind of look after these animals and treat them with respect and obviously not try and kill them and obviously not try and pick them up um, and just leave snakes alone. And if you do, do come across a snake, just um, call your local snake person. Are you, yeah. I guess, having done this for, for a number of years now, you're, you're in a position where if you do turn up to, uh, to somebody's home or, or wherever, you're able to ascertain fairly quickly, uh, whether the snake is, is dangerous, whether it's, it's venomous. Um, is that, does that have any, uh, impact on the way that you catch the snake? Yes, I, I, I can see straight away um, if a snake, well, because I've been studying all the books and mm. catching snakes for so long, I can see straight away if a, a snake is venomous or not. And then obviously, if it's venomous, um, then I would use my hook and take the hook and then put grab the snake with the hook and put it in the bucket and close the bucket safely. And if the people want to get some pictures, then I'll, I'll gladly um, let them take some pictures and then put the snake away. And then if it's non-venomous, then I will pick the snake up with my hand and maybe put it around my neck. And if anyone else is brave enough to do it, then they can also hold a snake, of course, if it's non-venomous, and I've caught it on their property. And, yeah. Now, not that we would want to put you out of business, Will, at all, but yes. if, if there are people listening now um, and they are in a situation where, where one day they, they come home or whatever, they find a snake in their property, would you ever advise that they try and deal with it by themselves or would you always say, no, give me a call? No, um, you see, what I'd ask them to do, um, if I couldn't get there or no one else could get there in time, is actually from a safe distance take a photograph of the snake mm. and then maybe send it to me on WhatsApp or whatever the case may be. And then I would be able to identify the snake from there. If the picture was clear enough, I could actually say, okay, it's a mole snake or a slug eater or an olive house snake. It's perfectly fine to leave it in your garden. Well, if it was a puff adder or a Cape Cobra, whatever the case may be, then I would say, could you please just keep an eye on it from a safe distance and I will get someone there as soon as I can or I will be there as soon as I can. That's the recommendation I give. But do not approach the snake and do not try and kill the snake. That's how people get bitten. So people doing their own sort of DIY rescues, not advisable? Not advisable at all. That's how people actually get bitten. That's yeah. Yeah. So what's, what is the information that, that you, that you need then? Um, like if somebody gives you a call and says, look, I, I, there's a snake in my house. I've got no idea. All I can, and it would probably be me. My description would probably be terrible. I'd probably say, well, listen, I can't tell you how long it is. You know, it's longer than a couple of, yeah, you know, um, I don't know, longer than a, a baseball bat and it's brown. I mean, that's not going to be, you know, what, what sort of things should we be looking out for? Are we looking out for markings on the back, the shape of the head? 
ahead in order to give you a better idea if we don't have a a camera phone which i know is very very few people these days but in terms of describing the snake what are the the key things that allow you to identify the type of snake it's likely to be it's more of the patterns um a lot of people are familiar with the patterns of the yellow and the black which is the most common snake the puff adder um I think 99 or 95% of people would know what a puff adder is. But um, a Cape Cobra and a mole snake, I think people get, tend to get a bit confused. Whereas a Cape Cobra, um, a lot of them, a lot of Cape Cobras are a lot more brown and they've got a lot wider, the head is actually a lot wider. Um, and because the head's wider, it's actually because of the venom glands. Um, and a mole snake, the the snake is a lot shinier and it's a lot um, it's a lot more black and it's a lot more thicker and the head's actually the same size as the body so um, a Cape Cobra you'd easily see that the head is a lot bigger um, the the width is a lot bigger than the body so um, yeah what 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 I would also suggest is if you if you see the snake in the house um, would be to, um, especially if it's in the house, is to see exactly where it's gone and then lock your windows, close the doors, and then just call your nearest snake handler and then they'll know exactly where it is. What is the most dangerous, what are the most dangerous snakes that we have uh, in the Western Cape? In the Western Cape, um, the most dangerous snake is the puff adder because it's the most common and it, and it actually bites more people and it bites more dogs ah. than, than any other snake. But it's not the most venomous snake. Right. What's um, the most yeah, venomous? The, the most venomous snake you get, um, believe it or not, is a Bormslang. Really? Uh, drop, for, drop for drop, yes. It's the most venomous snake in Africa. Um, but um, it is actually the most... Um, shy and the most docile snake you get. So um, the only people that do get bitten by Bormslang are snake handlers themselves or people or someone that's actually trying to physically kill a Bormslang. That's the, the, those are the only recorded bites and cases. Do you um, carry, do you carry um, anti-venom with you? Well, absolutely not. No, really? you, you, you can't, no. Um, because the thing is with anti-venom, um, you used to be able to buy it over the counter. Well, I don't know about over the counter, but in the pharmacy. I don't know if you needed a prescription or not. This mm. was quite a while ago. And they've actually found out that a lot more people were dying because of the anti-venom. Um, the reason for that is because um, if you administer anti-venom alone... Um, your the chances of going into anaphylactic shock are extremely high. So sure. it has to be given in a hospital with other medications such as um, adrenaline, mm. steroids, antihistamine, um, and you have to be on a heart monitor with a drip and everything like that. So okay. it, it's quite a procedure. Yeah, yeah. So anti-venom is a big no. That's um, hospital only. Yeah. Interesting. Just finally, before we let you go, Will, what's the what's the biggest snake that you've ever uh, that you've ever caught? Um, I think the biggest snake I've ever caught would be a mole snake, which was about 
to 2.3 meters long. Oh, no. Forget it. Forget it, Will. <laughs> I'm out. I was going to say it would be lovely to do a ride along with you one day, but no. If you're if you're catching things over two meters long, Will, I, I'm out. I'm afraid. I mean, I'm not. I don't have a, a, a an enormous fear of them, but sure. And I mean, what was that in somebody's home? Um. Yes, it was. Um, and where yeah, did they live? It, yeah, it was. It was in Cape Town. Um. It was. It wasn't in someone's home. It was in the garden. Yeah. Right. It was, Near enough for me. Yeah, it was in the. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you know the Nordic area. I do very well. Yes, it, it was. It was in Nordic. Yeah, it was a massive snake. I'll never forget that one. What? What? Are, what which areas in Cape Town are most prone to, to snakes? I, I, I'm a member of the of a group, a Facebook group on uh, for Hout Bay, uh, and it seems that Hout Bay seems to be quite a, a common area for snakes. What are the other yes. hot spots? It's Hout Bay. And then obviously we asked there at Simonstown, mm-hmm. which is very high. And then Glen Cairn, which is quite yeah. close to Simonstown, mm-hmm. about 5K. And then there's also Fishuk, which has on the mountainside, Clavelli and Fishuk mountainside also have quite a few snakes. Um, Cork Bay, St. James, Musenberg. And then the hottest spots, I'd say, is um, Nuredhuk, um, Komiki, those those are probably the, the biggest, where you get the most calls. Yeah. Simonstown, yeah. Nordic, Komiki, um, Glen King. Uh, well, before we let you go, if people want to uh, get in touch with you, just to have your number at hand, um, yes. can you give us your details? Yes, for sure. Um, it's 083-244-3587. That's my cell phone number. Wonderful stuff. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for chatting to us about your uh, unusual, uh, fascinating job. And uh, stay safe out there, please. Absolute pleasure. And thank you very much for having me on the show.